0: Hey, y'all better pay attention to this. You better get your Bibles out. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. He's talking about the evil one there. Well, they made a movie about my testimony, The Blind, so you can see it and live in living color what God has done for us. It's in theater starting September 28th, but you need to buy your tickets today. Zach, tell them why they need to buy their tickets
1: now. Here's why. We are an independent film, which means we don't have the big Hollywood studios backing us. And because of that, we got to sell tickets and we got to sell them early or they're going to pull us out of theaters and they're not going to open up more theaters. So if you want to see this story in a ton of theaters out there, it's going to take you, our audience, to start buying tickets today. And this is how you do it. You go to theblindmovie.com, theblindmovie.com. And you can purchase your tickets today. Buy them today and help us get this in as many theaters as possible. Thank you, guys.
0: I am unashamed. What about you?
2: Welcome back to Unashamed. Um, I'm still down here at the Southern Lair. And I knew, I knew something was wrong, Zach, when my phone rings last night about, I think it was about 9.30. 30. I looked down at Jace mm. and I thought, oh boy, Jace never calls me at night, so I thought something <laughs> is going on something here Brewing something's brewing there's and I knew he was out of town because yeah. he had told me he was doing an event, so I thought this cannot be good whatever that whatever's about to be said cannot be good. so Jace, <laughs> t- you can take it from there. <laughs> well, the last time I was with y'all, I was in
3: Nashville with my family. And so I had uh, I had a scouting session to do for the show because we're we're looking at some places to metal detect treasure hunt in the in the Nashville area. And so I went and did this little scout. I met some wonderful people who were believers in the Lord and uh, I didn't find a whole lot, and I'm not sure we're going to go there for the show. But one thing I did find, which was crazy, I mean, this was right after we did our last podcast, because they do events there at the place I was at. But it, it's a very historical place. Uh, I found a beautiful gold ring with some kind of jewel, but it was on top of the ground until so I saw the owner, and I was like, look, normally... You know, we may try to recreate what we find. And I was like, but somebody just lost this. Or <laughs> they got in a fight. And the couple got in a fight and she threw this ring out in your yard here. But uh <laughs> I mean it was spectacular. He was like, You just found that on my like, Yeah. So uh so from there I went to the airport and I had an event in San Antonio, which is a long way from Nashville. And there were multiple de- delays getting there because I was doing a, it's, you remember those shows we did out, uh, I don't know if you did them, but Phil, you probably remember these were these mall and Paul stores. We did it for the duck calls. Uh, I can't even remember what they're called now, but it's like all the, all the people in the hunting and fishing industry, they set up booths. And, but it's like a club, and all these store owners kind of mall. It was something.
2: It was called something Syndicate, uh, maybe Outdoor Syndicate. Yeah, I remember them.
3: Well, there there was like there's well, I learned a lot about. It. There's like four different divisions. There's one in Arizona. There's one in San Antonio. There's one in Dallas. You know, and so it's it's not open to the public. You're, you're, the store owners come and they they may make their orders there. So I went there because you know my metal detector. I have a Jace Robertson metal detector with with Garrett. So I was there kind of helping them with that. And uh, so, and they, they allowed me to speak to all the members, which it was on Sunday. So it was perfect because I thought, well, we're missing church for this. So of course, y'all know what I talked about. You know, I mean, I kind of went through the duck calls and we used to come here and then the metal detecting world. And then I drew the, the, uh, treasure hunting. I said, I I told them, you know, where I got the idea to do that. And I held my Bible up, you know, and then I went through all these verses that talk about where your heart is, there your treasure will be. You know, guy finds treasure, he buries it back, buys the field, you know. And then the Luke 15, Jesus is like, why am I eating with the riffraff tax collectors and sinners? You know, it's like a woman who finds a lost coin and all the joy. So we kind of had a sermon, which was awesome. So all those people then came to the booth and uh, we actually had a little altar call at the booth, several people, you know, we had several good life Jesus discussions. So, uh, So everything was going great. And then I had to fly out, you know, to get back here. And then all of a sudden, no weather. You know, I looked at San Antonio, I looked at Dallas, I looked at Monroe, Louisiana, no weather, not a cloud in the sky. And my plane got canceled from Dallas to Munro. So I'm like, hmm. So I wanted to be with y'all. So I said, I'll just rent a car and drive from San Antonio. And Phil, you'll appreciate this. My Google Maps said six hours and 30 minutes. And you know what's weird is I knew that wasn't right. (laughs) But I wanted it to be right. (laughs) And so I was like, "It's six and a half hours." Evidently, they know a way back to Monroe that's way faster than anything I would have ever suspected. <laughs> so the bottom line is, I come it was a lie. <laughs> I came rolling in at three o'clock in the morning, just a shell of a man, but. That's why I called you. I was trying to figure out how I was going to get my rental car back because the only way – I left that part of the story out. Every rental car I went to said, nope, nope, we don't do one-ways. We don't do one-ways. We don't do one-ways. And so I thought, well, I'm not going to make it. And then the last one was Hertz of all things. They said, sure, we do one-ways. Now you, now I paid for it,
1: but <laughs> – It ain't cheap. Yeah.
3: I was so like, you we do it.
1: See, I got stuck in, in – Uh, Montana uh, uh, last year and they said your flight's canceled and I said well when's the next flight they said four days (laughs) I've got my entire family so there was like 17 of us all my extended family we were all there I'm like well we don't have a place to stay like yeah next flight's four days so we ended up making the decision to fly to Chicago um, and then um, the goal was going to be once we got to Chicago we would rent two vans and drive back. And so I had the same problem, but I couldn't find one that went one way. So we were just yeah. like, well, we'll just, whatever the fine is, we'll just have to pay the fine, which happened to be like
3: $2,000. <laughs> it's, like,
1: it's just money and you're loaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you found one. I didn't see, I, I was kind of shocked to realize that most companies, rental car companies, they don't do one way rentals anymore. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I took credit for it because the guy I was with, you know, from Garrett, uh,
3: I just, I was being so positive. And so every time I would approach him, you know, I was like, look, I am stranded. We're trying to make the world a better place. And I really need to get to Monroe, (laughs) Louisiana. And you look like the person that can help me do that. That was my presentation at each one. And that girl that, that made this happen, I bragged on her. I was like, now you are a true professional, a patriot, (laughs) and it's made me feel better about the country, you know. I can tell she is very appreciative. So, yeah, I I was just so overjoyed. Now, about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning this morning, (laughs) I started questioning my decision-making process because I was just (laughs) kind of getting rum dum. It was very hard to keep all my faculties, because it was a long day, you know, when you speak, and you're just at a show, it, it, it just, but the Lord, I think, got me through, so so if you're wondering why I'm telling you this, I did have a moment, I have to confess something here that I do think is a problem, and it was bizarre, and or I don't know, I, I just wanted to get your take on this, but I did a little stalking, because I couldn't help it. So when I rode from to this place, to San Antonio, well, they were nice enough to put me in first class. And, uh, you know, part of the benefits of being in first class, other than you get a better snack and meal, is that you get off the plane quickly and you're a little more comfortable so you can study. So I studied on the podcast for this podcast while I was on the plane. But a lot of times the people up there are kind of snooty, you know. They don't talk to you. They they're just and they can be a little rude to the stewardess, you know. And well, on the way down here, there was a there was a gentleman who was dressed very uh, swankily, you know. And and I I don't know. Swankily, swankily is that a word? Is that it's
2: swankily?
1: Let me look that up. I don't think it's a word, but.
2: I think it's a word. I think we've looked at it. Up. I think you've actually used it before and we looked it up.
3: And he was an elderly gentleman and uh, but yeah, it's you know I was I was right behind him and something moved, you know, as a hunter. Something moved in an in an extraordinary way and I looked well it was a dog, he had a dog in his lap. And I thought, "Well, how do he get on here with a dog?" Cuz it wasn't it didn't have the little vest on saying you know a lot of people have dogs that are uh, service animals. Yeah, yeah, service animals. I thought how do you get a dog? Is that allowed? I mean, you know, I guess so. And look, no no problems, but I just thought I mean, this guy just had the look like, you know what? I'm powerful, you know. I'm I'm I got things going on with the way's I I bring my dog, it was a little poodle looking dog. And so uh we get off the plane of course, everybody, it was a long flight, so everybody rushes to the bathroom. Y'all forgot about the guy. And we're all crowded in the first place you can go, you know, in the air tournament. And all of a sudden, this guy comes by in the bathroom. He had his little dog. He had it on a leash, same guy. I didn't pay any attention. I was in my little stall. I mean, in the you know, you have the ones up against the wall, and then you have the ones with the doors. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a number one here at this point. Well, there was a couple of these number one places where they were all the way down to the floor. I guess it was for kids or whatever. And I look up, and this guy is hiking this dog's leg up on the stall. And I'm like, is he really doing it? And he's like, come on, buddy. Come on, come, come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, well, I realized as I looked around, everyone in here now is watching this. And I think <laughs> it's out of embarrassment. It's pretty good training indeed. Well, he ne- I never, you know, cuz I couldn't help but watch, you know. I lost complete interest in what I was doing, and I just thought, this is so weird, but I can't stop watching to see
2: if is the he going to do
3: it?
1: Yeah, is the magic
3: going to happen? <laughs> and so I was done and finished, but I just I just continued to stand because I thought I don't want to walk away until the payoff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally it got awkward and a line started forming, and I was like, okay, I just, I just got to get away, you know. So I, I went over and I'm washing my hands, and I'm still looking. Nothing happened. So then it, it didn't happen. And so then he's like, okay, buddy. And so he grabs the dog right behind his, his shoulder blades, and now he's going into a closed-door stall. And I thought, is, he, is there a sign that he's picked up on here, you know? <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe he has to go to the bathroom. He's given up. And I started to walk out, and I was like, I just can't help it. I got to <laughs> walk by. <laughs> and as he was, you know, getting the door fixed to, shut the door behind him he he grabbed the dog by the top shoulders and he was like holding him over the commode and i thought you talking about ambitious Where have we come to in our country where I thought I'd be seeing this? I I wanted to say, it's a dog, man. Don't travel with your dog. (laughs) Or go outside
2: where there's some grass. Go outside.
3: (laughs) But we're all having to suffer through this. And look, ever since that happened, I have not been able to get it out of my head. I need a purging. I feel like I just need, I can't unsee this. (laughs) There's no point to the story. I just thought, what? where have we come to in a culture where I'm having to watch this?
2: So we talk a lot about uh, computers and cell phones on this podcast. And uh, Dad, obviously, is, is not a huge fan uh, of the cell phone. Uh, but we are glad that we can use them when we need them. Uh, Jace, when you're traveling, you need to figure out how to get home. Uh, they're not all bad. Um so one of our sponsors is a group called Patriot mobile and you know, they're a, they're a mobile phone provider. And so what they try to do is really contrast what a lot of the mobile companies bring out in terms of their kind of woke politics. They want to give you a Christian conservative alternative. And uh, they're the only Christian conservative wireless provider uh, they offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks, so you can get the same coverage that you've been accustomed to in your area, but you just don't have to go with the uh, the leftist uh, propaganda uh, that comes with going with those big companies. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious liberty, sanctity of life, Second Amendment. Uh, they're big supporters of military veterans and first responders, which we love about them. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching very easy. You can keep your phone, and you keep your number as well. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation today with the offer code Phil. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil, or give them a call at 878-PATRIOT. So, Jason, what I find interesting is this is the second time you've had air travel, and the the last two times on the podcast, and both times you've had some strange happenings in the restroom. You're two for two. I'm thinking now you might not just hold it or, <laughs> or wait till you leave. Is
3: that not strange though? Do you not think that that we? Need I've never to... seen
2: anything like that before.
3: I mean, look when you're when you've lost something. When you're holding your dog's leg up on a star, you right in the middle of the woods
0: 150 years ago. And you had a dog with you. You wouldn't have to worry about stuff like that. He'd take a leak where he wanted to, and who cares? Well, right. You just don't think about these things. But you he know? had to keep bear all the rules, the commode.
3: I mean, I thought about what else is he going to do? You know, it was a long flight. He shouldn't have brought the dog is what I'm getting at. I get it. Some people... <laughs> It's The dog or for a different reason, but if that's true, wear a vest and I'd have felt better about it. Well, that kind of bounced off that old Bobo
0: this morning, Miss Kay's little dog, Bobo. He he come running in wide open about 10 o'clock in the morning, and he was there was black mud from the tip of his nose all the way back to his back legs. Are you sure it was mud? His whole body. He was just a just a mud ball. So I ran him down quickly before he'd get out of there. Yeah. So I just walked back to the sink, my sink, mm-hmm. And I turned on about the right temperature. Of course he's trying to get out of my hands. Yeah. But I was been I was being no 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 messing around here. Yeah. So I shook him two or three times, you know, so he just sat there. And I washed him from his nose to the tip of his tail. Well, that was a very nice job. The gesture, mud was Bill. coming off of him, and I gently opened the door outside, locked it where he couldn't get through the dog deal. <laughs> but I forced him outside. I said, dry off, and I'll see you later.
2: <laughs> did he go into the dog shake once he got outside there? Oh, did he ever.
3: Yeah, I've noticed those dogs when they do it that. they they fully soaked. Then they'll go find a carpet, and they start. You know, rubbing all over and running around. Oh, yeah. I I let him do all that
0: outside, you know, but I did clean him up. He came back after about an hour, and he was uh, just White as snow.
2: Well, we've established that you can't smell anything, and that nope. dog has also been known to roll around in carcasses. That's right. You, you are sure it was mud and not a dead carcass, right?
0: At, at this stage, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, I didn't care. <laughs> I went with the, I went with the old uh, what's what's that cleaner everybody uses? Ajax. No, y'all well, something along. Rocks. That, something along that line. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, Jace, I was praying for you last night. I was a little bit worried about it because you had such a late deal. I was, and I told you, if you get sleepy, just pull over and sleep on the side of the road. Well, right? I
3: told you I should have. I, I just I got right at the end of what you know you can do in your human capacity, but uh, I, I probably should have should have stopped and <laughs> taken.
2: Well,
0: away. you had time to sleep there one we? Well, once since I got since home, since we started meeting at one today, one o'clock, yeah in daylight hours
3: i appreciate y'all delaying it so i did get to study where we're at uh in the airports and which is always nice i think because you know when you study your bible in public places people notice
0: yeah
2: yeah you're right
3: they i had several people everywhere i was at they came up and they were like i really appreciate you Studying the word. <laughs> I, was, I, I thought they were going to say the podcast, and yeah. they were just appreciative that I was studying the word all I can in public. You, all yeah. I can tell you, Jace, for sure, is that
0: this Bible I've got in front of me uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all point to what is perfect. They, and they start with Jesus, the Son of God, His perfection handed down to us so we can be made perfect forever. And I got to looking at that before we came down here. And I mean, you talk about his he he is the rock. His works are perfect. As for God, his way is perfect. Where are you reading from? I'm just reading from from back in the back. I'm just reading through how many times perfect or perfection is, is mentioned. Well, especially in Hebrews. In Hebrews, it's the most, but it's just a read through of, of the, the essence of Jesus Christ. Love drives out fear. The man who fears, what we getting out of these lessons, is not perfect, not made perfect. He's not perfect yet, he, he's afraid. Mm. So I was amazed on how many verses mentions perfection it just it just surprised me but uh but if you think about it logically he's the forerunner of the kingdom of god the, him being the king and members of the kingdom have been made perfect forever but i think a lot of people don't do it don't view it that way al to their to their shame in other words perfection is what you get out of jesus christ i mean and it's worth eternal life that would be perfect if you could live forever well he's he's done it so i just was amazed at how many all our listeners y'all take in your concordance and look up perfect and i mean read everything that says and it's about 30 verses or 40 quite a few so
3: Yeah, I think the Hebrews 12, too, is the most famous one. You know, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Yep.
2: Yeah, one of the versions, Jay, says finishers of our faith. It's interesting because that that word, that perfect, means the connotation you're alluding to and the idea of, you know, without imperfection. But it also, in several contexts, means, in Greek, it means completion. Yeah. And and that's where you get that idea about finishing. And so I think to your point is 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 excellent because the idea is is that it's not just not messing up or, or not being imperfect, but it is a completion that we get in Christ because of who he is and what he did. So one of I those mean, texts
0: I, that said said uh, something to the effect, and the law makes nothing perfect. So all of these texts about grace instead of law. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all called the Gospels, which is good news, because what people don't realize, perfection comes out of the one that they're talking about—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, He is our perfection.
2: So, what what is it? Is it Zach? Is it Romans seven, where where Paul said that the law made sin exceedingly sinful? which is an interesting phrase. I think it's in Romans 7, but somewhere in the book of Romans. But where, in other words, the idea is not only does it, does it is it the law may be perfect, but you'll never be able to achieve it because all it does is make your imperfection exceedingly that, imperfect.
0: That is, that is correct. Yeah, which was the law
1: that which is made, uh, the, was the law which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear working death in me, by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Yeah, What's there you go. Romans 7, 13.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, Romans yeah, you're 12, right.
0: Two, he, when they get to his death, burial, and resurrection, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I mean, it's it's how you get off planet Earth alive. It's uh, You're talking, you're talking about God viewing you as sinless because of your faith in his death for you and the blood that was shed. You're just getting to putting it all together, and you say, you know what? The, the further I go studying the Bible, the better I feel. <laughs> I mean, the
3: better I feel. Yeah. I actually think it goes in perfect with the story in Luke 11. We're in verse 14, right now? Yep. Uh, you know, I've read this many times, but and I've listened to a few sermons, and one of the sermons I listened to uh, was by Keller and he had a really interesting point I never thought about and I was going to see what y'all thought about but it goes in really with what what Phil is talking about because you have the situation here where well I can I guess I could just read it and then we'll go from there you want yeah let's
2: uh, before you do that let's take a break
3: So in verse 14, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed, which was, when you think about it, what a bizarre sign or miracle. So they all knew he couldn't speak, or they wouldn't have been amazed, but the demon was mute, so it made the guy mute. So when he actually said and something, he's been, they were like, wow, it's a miracle, <laughs> you know. I mean, so <laughs> who, who makes this stuff up? <laughs> oh, a, it's made this guy's life
0: imperfect to the max. I mean, demons are within him,
2: and, all right.
0: and the only one that can get him out of there, he's all of his health is back, you say, my goodness all my health is back, that thing is gone. Well, it, he's, what he's given him is, the per, is perfection.
3: Well, as it's related to that spirit, but I, yeah. think, I think your point is gonna come out because as we read here, Jesus acknowledges that other people have this ability, and this was kind of Keller's point. And uh, to your point about perfection, it, it just made me look at our culture You know, there's a lot of ways to solve problems in your life. I mean, we have a counseling system, and you have uh, all sorts of things. Even here, Jesus is fixed to acknowledge, acknowledge as we read that these Pharisees, they were driving out demons too. And you say, well, what is the difference? Well, the difference is this contrast that we're fixed to read that Jesus was like, yeah, but you get the house swept clean. Well, there's more demons coming If they find it unoccupied, you know. So I think, to your point, ultimately there's a lot of way to solve problems in our cultures. But Jesus, in his power, is the best way, is the perfect way, is the eternal way. That that was his point. And I think you see that come out here. So in verse 15 it says, so they were amazed at this miracle. And then verse 15, but some of them said, by Beelzebub... So a satanic uh metaphor. Uh, nickname, uh, yeah, nickname. nickname is probably yes. the better. I was gonna say metaphor, but nickname's better. By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, is he driving out demons, which makes no sense. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven, which is odd, because you would think that was a sign. Yeah. But, you know, they're so <laughs> Verse 17, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, which, you know, speaking of perfection, this is the second instance in two verses. So he knew that this man had a demon, even though he couldn't talk. And now he knew the thoughts of those persecuting him. So you're starting to see this is what makes Jesus better. Yep. He says, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will, be, will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, and here's the phrase that I was focused on that I said I got from Keller's sermon that I'd never really realized this next one. By whom do your followers drive them out? So he's acknowledging that these Pharisees, they're, they're driving out demons too. So then it says, so then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, which we're going to really get into that phrase, because that's in the Old Testament a couple times. Then the kingdom of God has come to you. Because you got to remember, Jesus is doing these things to show them that he is from heaven.
0: It is proof of the coming kingdom. They're all hollering, it's coming soon. He's the king
3: of kings. Look at his power. So then he tells this illustration or parable. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. That's tough news. eh? Well, and that's, you know, my point is what I get. I think that's why he's telling the story. You may treat the symptoms in the world. You know, you take any kind. Now, I know. The context here is a man had a demon. But I think if you look at it from the power to change anything and the fact that they were driving out demons as well, and when you see this phrase, the finger of God, which comes up in, uh, where's that, Exodus 8? Exodus 8, Exodus
2: eight yeah, during the, 19.
3: During the 10 plagues, well, when you when you read that story, You'll find that the first two plagues that Pharaoh uh, endured, well, the magicians who were not, you know, with God, they, they did versions of the same plague. Now, you say, how'd they do it? I have no idea. But I was reading that last night and I thought, wow. But when they got to the gnats, well, they couldn't do that, and they said, did not do that." That's from the finger of God. It is the same phrase because they couldn't reproduce it. But it always made me wonder. Well, how how did they make all those frogs came up? But they pulled they they pulled it off. And so I think here the reason that phrase is used, and to Keller's point, is that there's a lot there are a lot of ways to solve problems or to give the illusion that you're solving problem. Most of them, when it deals to psychological or some kind of, you know, overcoming grief or even if someone is, you know, giving their lives to Satan and involved in that, most people are just only interested in getting their symptoms treated. You know, that's why this, we have an epidemic of pain medication and so... And I think we should acknowledge that because, you know, to Keller's point, the reason people don't come to Jesus, as long as they don't have to deal with their pain or realize their condition or they're hopped up on drugs or whatever, they're just not pursuing Jesus. You know, it's like they've got their symptoms being met. But Jesus saves to the full because all these other fixes are temporary. And the end's going to be worse because That's what right. else What else offers you know, the spirit of God and the fruit of that love, joy, peace. peace. Those are all the things you really want in your life and and does it forever.
0: Perfection only comes through diseases or not or demons. It only comes through
3: the power of God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I think that's why he was doing both things. He was healing people physically, but he was also casting out demons. And I have, Had you ever thought about this, the implications of that?
2: I see it as as kind of a picture of, because there's two different things going on here. One is you have just straight up deniers. I mean, the people that are just saying this came from Satan, they're denying that he's who he says he is or that he even has any kind of power from God. And I do think it's fascinating that you brought up the point about the finger of God, that Jesus uses that phrase after it was initially used by people who were not believers in God, (laughs) which is really intriguing to me. So you had the deniers and then you had the doubters and the doubters were the ones who were looking for the sign. But I think either one of those shows you two different ways that you can reject Jesus. One is just by denying he is who he is or, or he's what he says is true. And the other is by doubting uh, that he is who he says he is. And that's, and of course he will deal with that later when we get to the sign of Jonah but yeah, I think you're right, Jess. I mean, I, I think that's a good way of looking at it. And it is interesting that when he talks about the Pharisees casting out the demons, whether he, whether he actually thought they could or did, and it seems like that's the case for sure. He's at least attacking the argument about well, whose name do you say and you do this? In, in other words, if you're a, if you say you can cast out demons, and you're doing it in the name of God, then why would I be? Why would I not make the same claim about you? is the logical point of the argument in other words if if you said that god is allowing you to cast out demons then why wouldn't he be allowing me to cast them out so i think from a logical argument i mean it's brilliant as jesus always is and they have no answer for
1: it yeah and 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 there's this whole concept here too that that the kingdom of god is here i mean like it's not something that we're just waiting on what the the point you mentioned earlier about kind of spiritual and physical and how that's kind of separated. I mean, it's kind of like what he's saying here, this is coming together. All of this is coming together. I had a couple other verses. Um, what, in Luke 12, he says, it, it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Or in Matthew 13, to you, it has been given by God to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, again, in Matthew 16, flesh and blood, has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Speaking of the kingdom, and so I think there is this other thing going on here. Um, or not another thing that that kind of supplements, or even kind of the basis of this is what Jesus is declaring by doing this stuff. Is that like, like the kingdom of God's here, and it's in our midst, and it's not here in its full fruition. We're still, you know, waiting on the full summation of that, but. But there's something profound going on in the ministry of Jesus and particularly in this section of Luke of him establishing um, this upside down kingdom that's now here on on earth. Yeah. I
3: also think there's something here when when it says that, you know, Jesus recognized that he had a demon and he knew their thoughts. Part of part of the issue in our culture is misdiagnosing what the problem is. I mean, you got. There's a counselor on every street corner and even in the in the healthcare world, you know there's a reason people say, I think you need a second opinion, but you realize back to Phil's point about Jesus being perfect. not only you know does he know what the cure is and he has the power to cure it, he knows what the problem is and he knows what you're thinking. you know he knows how your heart is viewed and to me, you know, as I read this, it kind of gave me an extra measure of peace to know. You know, I'd have to wonder if he knows what my problem is. Yeah, it makes me think of that. You remember our cameraman that time, Phil, when he, you were always after him, and try, sharing Jesus with him, he just didn't seem like he could get on his feet. And one day he, he finally announced while we were filming, you know, duck hunt. He said, Phil, I figured it out. He said, I know what my problem is. And. You were like, what's that? He said, I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he's like searching for the diagnosis, you know, and he's yep. tried everything in the world, you know, but it led to a conversation of, well, why don't you try Jesus in a real meaningful personal way where you're pursuing that as your top priority is kind of where I was going with that. Yep. There's a lot of human beings who have told me,
0: That little, little, what you just said, Many, I got a lot
3: of problems. My problem is I don't know what my problem is. (laughs) Which, look, we laugh, but it's actually true. I mean, if you go out there and start asking around in the world, I mean, you're going to get all kind of theories and ideas and even, you know. He was far away, and uh, all the others, from Jesus, far away.
0: And when you get I don't into know the, what my problem
3: is that's what really yeah I felt like I needed to even read that in Exodus 8 because what really scared me about that is in that when the unbelievers as you said acknowledged that they couldn't they couldn't reproduce this plague it said uh, none of their secret arts would work and so you know whatever secret arts, this is uh, Exodus 8:17 it, it says you know the Lord had told Aaron stretch out your staff and strike the dust on the ground and the dust will become gnats they did this and when Aaron stretched out his hand the dust became gnats and it, they came upon all the men and animals and all the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats I mean can you imagine But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. But they pulled off, you know, the turning the water to blood and the plague of the frogs. Now, how they? And and my (laughs) point is, you can find answers in the world. It may be magic. It may be the shell game. It may be pills. Whatever your problem, you know that there's always something. That and look, I think some of them are legitimate. I mean, there's there's people that have stopped drinking, and it had nothing to do with Jesus, you know. That's right. And these things happen, and I think when the church doesn't acknowledge that, it kind of fuels the world's excuse when they say, "Well, you're saying I can't, you know, be fixed." And but the problem is, these are temporary, and it's giving you a false sense of security. Because really the dynamic needs in your life, forgiveness, grace, peace, joy, eternal life, all all these things, they're not going to be able to fix that.
2: You also have to recognize here that the dark arts, as you mentioned, uh, and the secret arts, that's an acknowledgment to the dark side. In other words, we've talked a lot about this spiritual warfare and and the evil realm that we've talked about with demons, with Satan. We looked at it back when we were looking in, was it chapter eight, when Joe Bean was on? I mean, there is an access to power from the dark side of things that allows things to happen. And Jesus addresses that directly. First, he does it, as you acknowledge, with this deaf or this mute demon who's produced a mute man but then also he says quite plainly if you don't fill that empty vessel with something with me mm-hmm. with with the holy spirit with something good you are leaving that house open for more evil and more difficulties so i mean to that's your you made, you yeah, you made a great point. practical point right because it, it'd be like doing a having a you know a 12-step program or you know aA or whatever I
0: had i had a guy say uh, more than one but I remember the guy who said, "Well, I'm bound to be be all right with God because I don't get drunk anymore." I said, "Well, when when you go to Him to be forgiven of those that that drunkenness, I said that's when you you'll have God's Spirit. You'll get out of here alive." I said, right. "You've well, done well up to now." I said, "You wise to stop getting drinking, stop getting drunk." I'd I'd have shared that I share it with you. Yeah. I said, "But you've already made the right decision." his his well well i don't know what what my problem is he said my problem is no longer a problem because i don't get drunk anymore i said all right well, getting drunk needs to be forgiven but he, he was said, only dealing with he he said that i haven't done he said is there a way to to that i said yep so i preached the gospel to him went out there and he had his son with him and I baptized him.
2: He was only dealing with a symptom, though, Dad. That's the problem. That's it's right. like if you have an illness, you got something wrong in your body and you got a symptom from it. And you say, Well, I dealt with that symptom, <laughs> so I'm good to go. No, unless we get to the source yep. and deal with that problem, which in the spiritual sense is not having Jesus. So, I mean, without that, then you're just going to repeat and you re- rinse and repeat and it's mm-hmm. going to get worse. Well,
3: and, and the bottom line is, We've read in Luke 6, He you know Jesus is calling you to a life of being persecuted and sacrificed and being weak and mourning and difficulty. It's a lot easier in real life to take a pill and and that so when you look at how the world tries to answer answer these problems and they do work in the short time. In the short term, a lot of times. But y'all kind of stole my crescendo of the point because he told this story, you know, the way Luke laid this out, in response to verse 13, when Jesus taught him how to pray, and we talked about the father-children relationship as we pray. You know, in verse 13, he said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So when you get to that part where he says the evil spirits, they when the house is swept clean, well he's talking about your heart. He's talking about your soul where you know the spirit rests. When it's unoccupied, he's like, they're coming and they're going to be more powerful than the first one. So when you just treat the symptoms or you have any other means besides Jesus you're worse off at the end than you were at the beginning. And so I do think it was a a picture of the Holy spirit that was going to be poured out. Cause then it makes sense when you read the last two verses, because as Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And so she made it kind of a physical thing. After he said that it was so profound. She thought, boy, your mom, must have been awesome. But then it <laughs> takes you back to all the other illustrations. And when you read Mark three, they tell the story in this same place, right after uh this same story, they tell the story of when Jesus' mother and brothers came up because they were gonna fix him because he was out of his mind because he was driving out demons and who you know, saying he's has this authority and so I thought it was really interesting. I never noticed that that Mark and Luke took two different stories about Jesus' mom. And in this, after the same recorded ousting of the demon, and in this case, Luke tells the one of this woman hollering that out. And then Jesus replied in verse 28, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And so that was him distinguishing his power from everybody else, which then makes sense about the strong man. What do you got to do to take charge of the house? It, it comes down to power. Who has the most power? The Pharisees, the demons, your own will, your money, you, you know the, the richest people on the planet, all the great thinkers, or Jesus? And when you get to the end of the road, Jesus is so far above everything else. I mean, we're, we're talking about real power here, eternal
0: power. And all of this is preparation. The Spirit's not given when they were baptized, John's baptism, baptism of repentance. Right. But, but, but the Spirit wasn't given yet, so they still got a, quite a ways to go here. With, with with Jesus and what he's doing. Exactly. They're looking at him and they're like, I mean, he just, he just comes up every time. No, your best shot's with him.
3: That's why when you go back to the previous chapter and remember when he sent out the 72 and they came to him in yep. chapter 10 and they said, oh, Lord, even the demons submit to us yep. in your name. Yep. The problem was they were emphasizing to us instead of, in your name. Yep. It was to us in your name. Because he said, Well, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, which then put him on an eternal level, because that happened way before that way, way before he came out
2: of Mary. Which what he and, was saying, Jay he says, I was there when evil began. Yeah. Because when when Satan rebelled in heaven, that's the first time that we see anything in the Bible mentioned evil. Its beginning place was right there, and Jesus was like, "Oh, I was there. I saw it."
3: Yeah, and then he practically yeah. said, "But don't rejoice that the spirit spirits submit to you, but rejoice in your that your names are written in heaven." Which then made him the focus because he knew he was going to die and purchase them. Yep, and you should have the right perspective on that. Yep. See, they're still yep. in the dark on how exactly. his look is going is going to
0: be shed. That's a, he keeps saying, "I'm going up there and die." You know, he well, and he's fixed to do it in
3: the next paragraph about
0: <laughs> Jonah. What yeah. was you going to yeah. say? That? Well, I was just
1: thinking, you when you read that verse, because I remember hearing that uh, when I first kind of became a Christian about you know you you kick these demons out of your life, uh, you sweep the house out, but you leave it empty, and they come back and with, with a lot more of their friends. And you think, man, what does that really mean? Though I think what it is, is that at, at the core and I've said this on the podcast before, and it kind of gets to the origin of evil too, that, that when to be a human is, is to, you were created to worship God. You were created to, to long for something long for him and sin. I think a good definition of sin is just a, a disordered or, um, a misordered desire. It's a desire that, that is pointed at something other, other than God. You, you can't help it. You're going to worship something. It's not a matter of if you're going to worship. It's a matter of what or who you're going to worship. You're going to worship something. I mean, Bob Dylan said that you got to serve somebody. You got to serve somebody. You're going to worship no matter what. And so the danger is when you, when you kick something out of your life and you don't replace that with a fixation on who God is, you You can't just sit in this space of neutrality. You know you can't just be neutral. you can't just sit there in an empty house. Eventually, you're going to start longing for something again. And so what happens is if you don't put that longing where it was originally intended, which is God, which is you know through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, then what you're going to do is when those when the demons come back, you're going to be that much weaker. Uh, because you've already kicked them out, but then now they're back and more intoxicating, stronger than they ever were. And so I think that's the the core is, is you cannot sit in a neutral position when it comes to spirituality. There's no such thing. Either either you're pursuing who God is or you're pursuing things of the world. And I think that's a lot of what Jesus is getting to in this passage and a lot about what this new kingdom of these uh, bringing is going to look like. It's a kingdom that's not about performance. It's a kingdom about dwelling with with God and uh, and that's different you know so no, no. I
2: don't know I think you're right that's good um, so we're out of time uh, for the podcast and uh, but we want to talk a little bit more about this uh, in our overtime segment uh, we had not even got into the signs of Jonah which is the next segment we'll do that in the next podcast but in the uh, overtime if you want to follow us over there that's blazetv.com slash unashamed to hear a little bit more about this uh, Jesus and Beelzebub so we'll see you in overtime